0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. And Ahab told Jezebel. How many of y'all heard the name Jezebel? Yeah. But we're going to spend the beginning of this message talking about Ahab. King Ahab was the classic wuss. I looked it up and I thought I could say that in church. <laughs> if you Googled wuss back in the 19th century, Ahab's face would come up right next to the line of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Ahab had courage at about level negative 10. And the problem was he wasn't just any ordinary guy, he was the king. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Now Elijah had just called down fire from heaven. He defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. If you're familiar with your Bible, and then he prayed and ended a national drought. But then King Ahab ran home, laid his head on the Queen's lap with his thumb in his mouth and told her all about big bad Elijah. He said, Bishop, you're being too hard on Ahab. Well, let's take a look at first Kings 21 and 1, and we can dig in further to the character of this man. And it came to pass after these things, next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. We're about to find that this palace was the second home of the king. But how many of y'all have ever had bad neighbors before? Yeah. Well, Ahab and Jezebel were neighbors from hell. So Ahab spoke to Naboth. He, He summoned his neighbor to his home. And he said, give me your vineyard that I might have it for a vegetable garden. Now, most of us would not know this, but, but our research this, the, the kings in that region had vineyards and they didn't have vegetable gardens. But the issue here was Ahab was trying to run with the Joneses. The pharaohs had vegetable gardens and it was all the craze at that time. And because the Pharaohs had it, and all of them were were at least under the, uh, well, beginning to be under the dominion of the the Assyrians, they wanted the same thing, or he wanted. Then he said, because it's near, and it's next to my house, Ahab was the type of guy that only knew you existed when he wanted something. How many of y'all know some folk like that? Yeah. And he said, I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you whatever it's worth to money. He's like, whatever, you know, just give me what I want. But Naboth was a substantial man, and he was a student of Scripture. And he responded to Ahab, the Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. You see, in Leviticus, Moses forbade the Jews to sell their land permanently. You could lease it out for but you could not give it up permanently. And he knew once his father's land, his ancestral inheritance was given to the king, he would never ever get it back. It would impact his children for generation after generation after generation. So we see here that Naboth did not really mean any disrespect to the king. He wasn't trying to you know, uh, be hard-nosed here. He was just trying to comply with God's word. But watch the next verse. So Ahab went into his house, sullen, pouting like a little child, and displeased. His bottom lip stuck out so far he almost tripped over it. <laughs> Why? Again, we're looking at the character of this man. Because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. Watch this. And he lay down on his bed turned his face and would not eat no food really (laughs) this grown king refused to eat all because elijah gave him a belly ache this was the nature and the character of ahab and by the way it takes an ahab in order for there to be a jezebel everybody talks about jezebel But without ahab there can't be one let's keep reading this place is super quiet this morning but jezebel his wife came to him and said to him why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food oh my little baby that's that's my baby what's wrong with my baby And then he said to breathe in our heart, there was no, (laughs) because I spoke with Naboth the the, the Jezreelite and said to him, give me your vineyard for money or or else if it pleases you, I'll give you another vineyard for it. And he answered me, I will not give you my vineyard. Someone, mama, told me and had the nerve, the gall to tell me no. And he put a little finger in his eye. and Jezebel took the bait. Mm-hmm. Then Jezebel his wife said to him, "You now exercise authority over Israel." Basically was saying nobody's going to hurt my baby's feelings. Aren't you the king? And Jezebel one of her problems was she had no qualms with using governmental authority and power for personal gain. So she speaks, she says, Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. Mama going to fix it, baby. That's the whole deal here. (laughs) He said, I will give you the vineyard. I'll do it. I know you couldn't do it. But I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. And immediately Jezebel had Naboth stoned. Mama don't play. You know, a wicked woman is one thing, but there's nothing sadder than a weak man. Come on. Come on. I'm satisfied It's just going to be quiet this morning. <laughs> it's okay. Let's get back to 19. I just wanted to show you, I'm not reading to the text. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done also how he had executed the prophets with the sword ahab did nothing but jezebel sent a messenger to elijah wifey fought all the battles in the family if jezebel wasn't such a wicked fairy godmother i could almost admire her i could almost appreciate and respect because she was a woman that got it done And she had to do it because a man wouldn't. Okay, I'm not going to get no help. In the midst of it, now he's all selling in the corner, but she starts swearing. She said, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I don't make your life as the life of one of them tomorrow about this time. Jezebel is feisty, she's decisive, and she's given to action. Imagine if Jezebel came home to strength. She might have been one of the greatest queens in all of Israel. But no woman can love a man hard enough to make him strong. Stay with me. And when Elijah saw that, Other translations say he got afraid. He arose and ran for his life. Now, here's a man that had single-handedly slayed 400 of Baal's prophets. Now, he's running from a woman probably no more than five foot tall. But frankly, I understand that. (laughs) How many of you can sympathize with this picture I'm about to show? It's a... It says, women scare us no matter what species you are. He's up against the wall, mama don't play. <laughs> Stay with me. And Elijah traveled over hundred miles to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Again, this man had just called lightning down from heaven. But Jezebel has him running like same Bolt. Now, you may not have understood that pose, but what's really happening, he's pointing to Jezebel saying, she crazy. That's the reason he broke that record and ran that fast. Verse four. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. She scared Elijah so much that he ran until he couldn't run anymore. And he came and he sat down under a broom tree. Now, if you're familiar with first Kings, it start dawning and you probably realize that up to this point, almost every major thing that Elijah did was preceded by the words the word of the lord came to him but for the next six verses it's strangely absent you see what happened to elijah though he was a prophet though he was a man of god though he did great exploits what happened to elijah happens to many of us he got caught up in his feelings And when you start listening to your emotions, instead of listening to God, you will find yourself in the situation that Elijah is in. You know, emotions are great servants, but horrible leaders. And he's all up in his emotions. Great man again, done great things. And he prayed that he might die ever been here? God brought you through so many victories, I mean, so many rivers you crossed, I mean, so many mountains and valleys you got through, but you let the antagonism of just one person make you forget everything that God brought you through. This was a situation of this great prophet and often the situation of you and I. Again, let me repeat what we've already read in 1 Kings. Elijah, in chapter 17, had already accurately prophesied a drought over the whole nation, the King Ahab. Then he supernaturally received food from birds, then from a widow woman. It was all miracles. Then he accurately announced the end of the drought, the very moment the drought ended. Then, after that, if that wasn't good enough, he challenged again 400 prophets of Baal. And then the Asherah's prophets were there as well, and he won on the mountain. Fire came down from heaven, and, and great victory was, was wrought on that mountain. Then, after that, if that wasn't enough, he, he mobilized the nation to uh, eliminate all the idolatry. Then he prayed down rain. Then, after that, he outran on foot on. both the rain and Ahab's chariot. This guy had done phenomenal things. But the antagonism and the conflict of just one woman wow. caused everything to flip upside down. So, he's sitting under this tree and he says, "God, it is enough. Ever you have enough? Anybody in here ever feel like that?" What I want you to understand is you're not by yourself. And what we're going to see in the moment is God reached him in spite of where he was. And God can reach you in spite of where you are. But let me tell you something, you don't really want to go there. So let's learn from him. But let's also appreciate that that no matter what mess we get into, God knows how to break through it. He said it's not enough god i cannot take it anymore one minute this man again is at the top of the mountain now he's at the bottom of some river or lake somewhere brother can a woman can women do this to us sometime by the way yeah okay i get no help the second service about help. but honey i'm not talking about you i'm not i'm talking about every other man and his woman he said now Lord take my life for I'm no better than my father's he said kill me because I thought I could handle life better than this I I thought my Christian journey would be better than this I I didn't think it it would would get like this I mean this great anointing and all this power and but emotionally God I'm weak verse five then as he lay and slept The bible records this because the bible now is getting to the root of the real problem elijah was not a bad guy the problem was he let himself get tired you're not a bad person the problem is you just let yourself Get get tired He had huge emotional expenditures, time after time, issue after issue, miracle after miracle, and he didn't take time to replenish. Constant emotional output, pay attention to me, and I don't know why I'm thinking about the guns right now, without refreshing input will make the best of us lopsided. And when you're constantly dealing with stress and trial, pain in your life, and you don't get something coming on in the inside, you don't get someone blessing you and, and showering you with everything's going to be okay, and you don't have people in your corner, it, it will make you act funny, it'll make you do strange things, it make you almost feel like you want to die. It's important to have people in your corner. It's important to have some folk that got your back, but the prophet felt like he was all by himself, and being alone will get you twisted, and that's what happened. And as he slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him, and he said to him, He didn't say, you know, uh, that there are a thousand angels that could fit on the pin of a needle. He didn't go into deep doctrine. He he didn't talk about justification by faith. He didn't talk about the second coming of Jesus. He didn't talk about the importance of Israel. He, He didn't do any of that. He said, Arise and eat, pay attention to me. The gone family, I got you in my heart right now. Evidently, this was all that Elijah needed. All he needed was some rest, a little company, the angel, and some good food. Before you ask the doctor to prescribe that medication, all you might need is some rest, a little company, and good food. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals in a jar of water. He didn't need no psychotherapy. Just some rest, a little company and some good food. Sometimes we're trying to bind the devil. We're trying to get a new revelation) and all we need is some rest a little company and some good food so the prophet as anointed as he was god didn't say open your bible i got a verse for you so the prophet ate drank he's so tired he laid down again And the angel saw it, and the angel knew what he needed. So the angel came back a second time, and he touched him, said, I'll be your company, and said, arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. Mm. The prophet let himself get so depleted, God had to minister to him twice in order for his strength to come back. In many of us, our lives are out of balance because we're caring for everybody. Emotionally, we got everybody, you know, uh, we're caring and we're praying, we're concerned. But we don't realize that now we're lopsided because in all that care, all that emotional output, we've not allowed ourselves to receive. We are creation. Only God has unlimited and infinite capacity. Yeah. Only God can, can love without limits. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something, as much as I love the Lord, as anointed as I might feel at times, I got some limits. Yeah. If God don't give it to me, I don't have it. Yeah. And in those moments I learned, you know what, I'm going to get back with you lest I embarrass myself. Lord, you know, would you help me? Can, can I have some more of your unlimited grace, and your unlimited mercy, so I can go back and be a blessing to them? Here's the deal. When you get so busy blessing and, and, and serving everybody else and you don't take care of yourself, yeah. you become your worst enemy. I preach it to myself also this morning. So he arose. And ate and drank again. I mean, as I was preparing this, I got so convicted, I called the chief of staff. I said, you know what? I'm going to start scheduling my vacations. I'm not going to let situations get in the way. I don't care what's happening. I'm sorry the deacons and the elders are going to have to help, but me and my baby, we're going to get on an airplane. We're going to be laying out on some beach somewhere, because I'm not going to lose my mind." <laughs> Yeah. So the prophet got up. He arose and drink. All he needed was some rest, a little company, and some good food. And it turned things around. And he went in the strength of that. For 40 days and 40 nights. It's amazing what we do when we get the practical things right. And he went as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. You know, I was praying about, I'm going to be frank with you, a little transparent about my situation. I was finding myself saying, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, don't let nobody call me right now. I be wanting to smile but then a grimace come over my face and my face is not obeying what I'm trying to do and all of a sudden the Lord dropped in my heart the message for Sunday and what he was saying is Derek it's not the big things it's not the building the millions it's not the crisis in the staff. It's not the crisis with the caroling. It's not the working group. It's not what's going on with the family. It's not in the youth department. They're, the real issue ahead, Help us. Help us. Help us. <laughs> is a little rest, a little company, and some good food. Boy, you got to learn just to walk away. Sometimes you got to take off the mama and dad hat. Sometimes you got to take off the bishop hat. Sometimes you have to take off the employee of the year hat. And just stick out your tongue and get out there on the beach, sit under the sun, enjoy yourself, smile, open up a book. Find yourself a good program on T. I know that ain't easy to do. Find yourself a good program to watch. Put up your feet. And just give it to God. You don't need nobody to lay hands on you. All you need is some rest, a little company, and some food. <laughs> Turn the situation right around. Get your perspective back. Get crazy out your mind. It's your will. Yes, it will. <laughs> okay. And there he went into a cave. You see, now he's, he's, he's getting his perspective back. Got some rest. Presence of the Lord, company of the angel some company and rest so now he's in his cave His whole night away from work by the way it took him more than a day to get over and behold when his mind got right when he quieted down his soul the word the strength of the Lord the word of the Lord came to him after he finally got some rest he could hear God